Welcome back to Timely. This is the podcast where three friends talk about random fun topics from the past, present, and future. I'm John Stom, and for the past segment on this episode, we're going to be talking about shower thoughts. Okay. Ooh. I have no idea how that's uh, past, but... Hey, they're all past-related shower thoughts. I got a bunch of good ones that... Uh, they're your shower thoughts. I, they're not mine. Okay. Maybe one or two of them, I can't remember. I, I compiled a list, mostly from the internet, Reddit, and other places. They're okay. they're weird and funny, and, and yeah. they should be fun. All right. Great. I hear in the shower, that's where the ideas flow. Oh my gosh, it's, it's the best. Yes. It's, usually, if I'm texting you an idea, you can pretty much count on I just got done taking a shower. I don't want to think about that. All right. <laughs> I'm producer Jeff, and for the present segment, you know what? I think that we need to do two segments because mm, okay. we've been on a break. Double presents? We, double presents. <laughs> double the presents. Okay. That's right. So for one of the topics in the present segment, I'm going to be talking about a movie soundtrack that a lot of people are saying might have been plagiarized. Oh, right. So very famous soundtrack that people are saying, wait a minute, I think we've heard this before. Okay. What? And for the second present segment, I want to talk about the James Webb Telescope. Yes. Because it's doing some very important things way out in non-Earth orbit. It makes Hubble look like a little, like telescope you have in yeah, your room like, as a kid. Like a like a Sears catalog telescope. <laughs> I'm Danny Gula, and for the future topic, we're going to be talking about a study done by MIT that was done in 1972, and we're going to you know check in on its progress. Now, last time I checked, 1972 was in the past. That's not the future. It is, and we've currently been checking on the progress, but this study is about the future. Oh, okay, okay. I, okay. I can go with that. Uh-huh. I love the 70s future. <laughs> <laughs> That's so confusing. <laughs> So, all right, so we've been on a break. Let's just acknowledge the, the elephant in the room. Are we going to quote friends here? We were on a break. We were on a break. <laughs> and, uh, uh, very good reasons. Very good reasons. We've been very busy from, uh, from basically from last summer uh, up until now. Uh, for like six months, we had to t- kind of take a break from all production on, on YouTube and, and on the podcast and everything because we've been making a lot of commercials. Yeah, and every time we'd be like, oh, we can just push back a little bit further. It's only been a week. We're fine. Oh, just go two. It's fine. Uh, it's been six months. Why not? <laughs> and we've been doing really exciting stuff with these commercials, but it has been paining us to not be able to do this podcast. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're basically, as we say all the time, we're basically always podcasting just with the three of us hanging out. That's true. Um, and now the mics are finally back on and we we can, we can talk about the things that we've been itching to talk about, these these shower thoughts yeah. that I've been <laughs> dying to tell you guys about. No, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that we always want to talk about, and uh, we, we, we try to save it for the podcast usually, but the last six months we've just been, you know, just been talking. Yeah. Don't forget to check us out on our YouTube channel if you're not currently watching us on YouTube, if you're only listening, but we do have a YouTube channel. Just search Timely, and you'll find clips from past shows and the shows that we're making now. This is the first episode recorded in the new studio. Yeah. It is. Yeah, we can't not we say can't, something about we that. We can't not say that. And if you don't know uh, what we're talking about, you clearly haven't seen our newest Randomonium video. Lots of big things have been happening for the last six months, including moving into a new building. And so um, we're, we're not you know totally settled in here yet, but enough to um, be able to start recording some things again. So You'll get to watch the whole studio evolve as we add to it. Yeah. Before we move on, we want to say a quick shout out to FAO Schwartz, who's the sponsor of this episode. They are bringing us uh, into the holiday season. The, the uh, It is the post-holiday holiday season. That is. Valentine's Day. And Danny, you actually helped a lot with the video that we shot for a holiday product that FAO Schwartz is putting out. Yeah, it's a super cool plush that comes with some removable glasses uh, that are heart-shaped. So they're fun uh, accessories that somebody can wear either after the fact if, you know, maybe your sweetheart is uh, Paul Schaefer or Elton John. <laughs> 
F.A.O. Um, Schwartz has a whole a bunch of these kind of plush that are, I mean, not only are the plush like the, the highest quality, softest plush in the world, I mean, kid, my kids say that all the time, un- uns- unsponsored, mm-hmm. um, but it's a wear and share line that they have. Where they have lots of different wear and share lines where the uh, the plush comes with a little accessory that you can take off of the, the animal and then wear it yourself or you know, the kid can wear it. In this case, it's uh, some sunglasses that are kind of heart-shaped. They're really cute and like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're just great to snuggle up with the plush and the kids can have fun kind of dressing up and stuff too so yeah and my favorite part is that the fact that they come off means you can keep the plush year-round and it's not some you know weird stuffed heart that says be mine that you have nothing to do with after perfect for halloween (laughs) (laughs) so check out cheers for love by fao schwartz at faoschwartz.com you can also find them at target all right with that let's take it back to the past All right, guys. <laughs> I yes, I, I have the most uh, random, sometimes creative thoughts in the shower. I'm sure you guys yeah. can sometimes relate. Um, Completely. I don't know. It's almost <laughs> okay. Here's another way to, to describe shower thoughts. When I was looking up some examples of these, people often say these are like high thoughts. Oh, <laughs> so wow. yeah, that's a different hashtag. <laughs> there's like a there's a bit of a crossover. You know, it's like it's like a Oh yeah, I guess I never really thought about it like that kind yeah, of a, that, that okay. kind of a thought. Okay. Generally, it's just if you take your mind off of something and stop thinking, you'll have these random thoughts. I mean, yeah. think about it. You're, when you're taking a shower, everything you're doing is mindless. Like you're not yeah. having to think about it, so the mind is going to wander. And right. they, I mean, there's probably something to like. It's just like warm and humid in mm. there. It's just like warm <laughs> and humid. Yeah, everybody knows it's all about humidity. Hey, that's, if that's you want to get creative, um, get Steve hum- Jobs said, get humid. That's right. Okay. Here we go. This, I'm just going to run through a list here. They're all kind of related, very loosely related to the past. Okay. okay. So are these like loosely. famous people? No. No, they're just shower thoughts. Just shower thoughts. Yes, he just got on Twitter that, and, and got on the that hashtag. everybody can relate to. Sure, yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it wasn't Twitter. It was Reddit. So <laughs> big difference. Sure, I don't know how Reddit works. So. Okay, guys. Well, have you ever considered that your belly button is just your old mouth? <laughs> This is how it started. This is, this is, this is okay. I, I didn't know what level of shower thoughts we were going. I'm prepared now. I have not thought of that in the shower. Your belly button is your old mouth. I mean, I, yes, it makes sense. Danny, have you yeah. thought that before? Uh, no. That sounds like a Danny thought. It really does. I mean, I have most of my thoughts in the shower. I don't think the rest you of the day. You have most of your thoughts in the shower. Yeah, so the rest of the day, I'm just... Once you get out of there, you're like, just I'm catching done. up. Uh, the human brain named itself. Oh, <laughs> We can't see if you can't see me. I'm doing a mind explosion. No, that's a mind implosion. <laughs> the human brain named itself. The human brain named itself. It's the only thing that, that named, named itself. itself. We were just discussing the human brain. My wife always describes the brain as like the brain and like all those little. Have you ever seen like what a brain looks like with all the, the nerves roots. and everything going around and your eyeballs attached to it? It's like that's what you are. And your body's just like a mech like a from meat, a video a game, sack. just walking around, yeah, carrying around this alien. It's the, it's the bridge between the physical and the metaphysical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and on that deep thought, <laughs> um, nighttime is the natural state of the universe. Daytime is just caused by briefly turning toward a bright explosion. <laughs> it's true. You know, I was actually oh thinking about gosh. that one the other day, like, in a different way. I was like, it was really cold outside, and I was like, you know what? Actually, super coldness, I mean, even way colder yeah. than it is on Earth, yeah. is the natural state of yes. the universe. Like, super, super cold, like zero degrees or whatever. No no kinetic energy, no movement. Um, that's sort of 
baseline, and yeah. then anything warmer than that is caused by is, yeah. you know movement or, or energy or like you know giant explosions in space. So what you're saying is, existence is just a big, empty, cold, dark vacuum. Is that what you're saying? And sometimes we light something on fire so we can see it. Okay. Briefly. <laughs> For about half the time. <laughs> well, we don't light it on fire. The sun well, is... Something lights on fire. Yeah, the sun is... Just, I mean, it's always... I, I say we, the collective universe. Oh, oh, okay, okay. That's how I speak sure. now. I guess we, we are made of stardust and stuff. That, that's <laughs> another kind of shower thought, yeah. but that's not on my list. <laughs> okay, this one is truly mind-blowing to me. I love this one. For the first eight minutes of your life, the sunlight around you is older than you are. Oh, my gosh. What? Because oh. the sun is eight light minutes away from Earth. That's, That's right. ridiculous. Oh my gosh. And only for your first eight minutes of life, the light around you is older than you are. That is that is awesome. That's awesome. So if Ooh. you're if you if you were born outside and in mm -hmm. eight minutes you get a sunburn because you know you're wherever that hole is in the in the atmosphere. Okay. Your sunburn was caused by something that was emitted the moment you were being born. No, it could have been before. Before, it yeah, would, yeah, yeah. It, before you existed, you you just showed up at the worst time ever. <laughs> got this past sunburn. <laughs> Whoever thought of these is they're taking some awesome shots. I know, I know. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this one's cool. The Wizard of Oz was many people's first exposure to a color film. Oh. Now, it's many people's first exposure to a black and white film. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. Because a lot of people will not even watch an old black and white film, but The but the Wizard of Oz has both. So yeah, I mean, people are watching less and less, and if, if there's a movie that's yeah. standing the test of time is sure. like a classic, it's Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I don't know that my kids have seen a black and white movie. I don't think they have. Like, are they watching It's mm. a Wonderful Life anymore? Nah, no, probably not. They're watching Wizard of Oz. Yeah, might, might turn that on and, I don't yeah. know. All right, this was just stupid, but every wooden birdhouse was made by people cutting down a birdhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> you cut down a birdhouse oh so you God. can make a birdhouse. Yeah, I, I think a better way to say it is uh, for every birdhouse that is built, it's because somebody's cut down a bird's house. Right. Like, right. there's a specific bird that was like, oh, come on, man. That was my house. Uh, all right, I guess you built me another one, but it's a little bit, it's like people house shaped now instead of just natural. But <laughs> on that point, lumberjacks are kind of like these weird terrorists that want to force <laughs> you to live in their world. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. yeah. What if the reason phone booths disappeared was to make it harder for us to escape the matrix? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah, haven't seen the Matrix, you need to, and you it'll need, make it'll make sense. Make a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Don't don't watch the fourth one. Did you finally watch? It? No, you told me not to. Okay. Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah. I shouldn't watch it. No. Okay. <laughs> we love the Matrix too. It's so yeah, disappointed when you told me. I was like, I had a it, feeling. It did go downhill after the first. Oh, one. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so downhill. So. The fourth one it stays down at the bottom of that hill. Oh, yeah. It's that's not good. it's not. It's good. Somehow found a new hill to roll off. Yeah. Of. Yeah. Real quick, I need to actually Google who, uh, how old the oldest living person is. Oh, it's like a. I just it's saw like this news. Somebody just recently. died, I think. That yeah, it's like one twelve or one thirteen. It's always so. some old woman in China. Um, this this headline. I don't know if this is entirely accurate, but it says one hundred and nineteen. Ooh. So we'll just go with that because it you know could change at any moment. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. The oldest person on Earth is one hundred nineteen. Okay, so one hundred and twenty years ago. 
there was an entirely different set of humans on Earth. Whoa. Oh yeah, I've I've actually heard this one before. In fact, this might have been a podcast statement before. Maybe so. Where the the oldest person in the world is living with um, people that weren't alive when they were born. Yeah. So Just it's two different different populations. Yeah. Populations. Yeah. They're, they're right on the edge. Two mm-hmm. global populations. So whatever the whole population was when they were born, and then it ballooned into what it is now. Mm-hmm. It's nuts, man. It's wild. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys know an 80-year-old? Can you think of an 80-year-old right now? I mean, like exactly 80 or? Uh, An octogenarian? Yeah. My grandma. Yeah. Mine mine too. They've slept for 26 years. (laughs) Oh, wow. Because you sleep for? Third of your life. uh, Eight hours a day. Wasting it. Eight hours a day for 80 years. 26 years asleep. I get get infuriated about sleep. I know. When you think about it like that, you're like 26 years? It's like, come on. That's too long. That's a lot of life. That's a lot of life just and sleeping. Why? Just you gotta shut it down. We don't know. Like, wh- why at some point do we just have to be like, you know what? Turn it off for you just sh- like shut down the computer. half of it and then we'll live. Restart. Okay. Picture a little toy dinosaur. Got okay. it. A little, my, my kids have What some. color is it? Uh, green. Yeah, yeah mine's green, green too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What species? Tyrannosaurus. Oh, Rana? yeah. Which isn't a dinosaur. It doesn't exist. It's Brachiosaurus, it's right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So we're all picturing that little toy dinosaur. Yes. It's made of plastic. Yeah. Okay. Yep. In, in our mind's no. eye right no. now. I know where you're going with this. That plastic came from oil. Mm. <laughs> no. That oil came from the ground. Mm-mm. The oil in the ground came from the dinosaurs. Yes, yeah. So we made dinosaurs out of dinosaurs. Yep. yep. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we did that. We yep. did that. Plastic that is made just... from oil. Oil is made from dinosaurs. Mm. Kind of in a roundabout way, so there you go. We just took what I assume is a very majestic, gigantic, scary bird and <laughs> um, turned it into a plaything for our kids. If you study history far back enough, it becomes biology, then geography, and lastly, physics. History oh. long enough to become bi- biology. So basically, when things change. Yeah. Because like, before history, before recorded history, it's just scientific, biology. like empirical yeah. observations uh-huh. of what was. Yeah, yeah. And and then then uh, geography. I guess this this might mean geology. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lastly, physics. I mean, geography probably too. Because think about it, like you you really talk about where they go. Mm-hmm. What is geography? Like, is it always the study of the places or uh, like the people that? I think geography. Well, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah. I think geography is just location. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. But either way, you'd be studying that. Like, where are these yeah. things? True. That's pretty good. Like, so somebody thought about that in the shower? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your best shower thought? I need new shampoo. <laughs> Been using the same shampoo for a long time. Here you're supposed to mix it up. I don't have high thoughts in the shower. <laughs> you don't have great thoughts in the shower? It's very practical. Do you, do you have any? I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I don't remember them. Yeah. Yeah. I just I feel bad. Like I need to I need to be more like mentally productive in the shower now. <laughs> no, no, that's the point. It won't work. You have to just let it, let go. You're okay. probably thinking too much. Yeah. Are you reading the bottles? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> this podcast. Yeah. Is I mean we may as well do it in the shower because I feel like this podcast is all shower thoughts. I mean the sound would be bad. And true. Maybe we should just move into the present. Yeah. Maybe so. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to the present segment. Uh, we are living in the age where it's uh, Star Wars everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's a good right? age. Yeah, Mandalorian, all that other stuff. John Williams, uh, fantastic composer. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, yeah, you just go with me. You're a fantastic composer, yes, right? Yes, yes. They're, they're not just fantastic composer. He's like, like 
the guy. Writes themes for characters and movies that are instantly recognized. He's a genius. Don't tell me he plagiarized. No. I love John Williams. I love soundtrack music. Yeah. But I'm going to play something for you. No. And it is not by John Williams. And I want you to tell me what you think of it. You ready? Here we go. <laughs> Guys, this is a song from a guy by the name of Gustav Holst. He was a composer in the early 20th century. Okay. And this is from a suite of songs called The Planets no. from 1918. And this YouTuber that I follow, his name is Charles Cornell. He's a fantastic like music theory brain, like pianist. He's fantastic to watch. If you want to check him out, it's going to be in the show notes. It'll be in the, sh in the video description. Check out Charles Cornell. The link is down there. But he basically has found that there's a lot of people in online that are realizing there's significant similarities between specifically the Star Wars soundtrack and the planets. Well, that sounded like when you first started playing that, it sounds like every opening scene when they like first like you, you get out of space, you go to the planet, and it's telling you what's going on. Yes. I'm going to play a couple more for you. Sorry. Hold on. No. Let me cue this up here. If there's an Imperial March on there, I'm walking out of this studio. So let's talk about You're the... March, march I'm a march out. Let's talk about the Imperial March for a second. Oh, Dang no. it, Jeff. Sorry. Here we go. Now let's listen to the actual Imperial March. Very similar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do another one. Um, I'm gonna. I'm actually just gonna play uh, a something, a clip of a song, and I want you to tell me if it's "The Planets" by Gustav Holtz or if it's John Williams' "Star Wars." Okay. Okay. Ready? Let me cue it up. Wow. Is that John Williams or is that Gustav Holst? That sounds That's, very Star Wars, but I think it's Gustav Holst. I, I feel like it's Star Wars, but it's one of the new movies. No, I think it's I think it's Planets. It's Planets from 1918. Wow. Yeah. So the 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 last one I'm going to play for you that has a Star Wars connection. Um, I don't know the specific suite. I think it might be Neptune okay. on the planets. <laughs> but uh, I want you to hear the similarities. I'm going to play. Gustav Holtz's version first. There's a there's a suite for every planet? Thanks for asking. Yeah, so there's seven songs in this, and it's one for each planet. This is pre-Pluto's discovery, and Earth is not included, so there's seven. Okay. 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 All right, so um, I I'm going to show you probably one of the most similar sections that has been found between the planets and Star Wars. Here we go. This is going to be the planets by Gustav Holtz. Okay, and now for Star Wars. Jonathan Williams. <sighs> okay, Man. so here's the question. What do we do with this? Okay, what the, hey, who? Does he acknowledge this at all? 
So I don't think anyone's asked him about it yet. And now he's like 92 now, so I wonder if people are just kind of like, uh, we'll leave him alone. I mean, it doesn't sound like Superman or like Jaws, so we'll just leave it be. Wow. That, uh, yeah, it sounds oh. like uh, in a, a day in 1976, old John Williams was like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to phone this one in. I, the thing that makes it that much more difficult, too, is that Gustav Holtz's uh, piece of work here was called the planets it was yeah. space themed yeah. and then he's making a space themed movie and he used things i mean let's be fair though star wars is just a series of other ripoffs that's true like it's just it's all it is it's just like hey we're going to rip off all these things compile mm-hmm. them into one new thing and it's what it is i think that it's okay to give him a pass like that last thing with all those stabs yeah. is a little bit you know, but beyond that like just similarities and in instrumentation and textures and and styles and all this other stuff Maybe it's okay if he is playing an homage mm-hmm. to a past uh, work. I know he's not necessarily saying it is, but where does a composer in a movie be like, by the way, the music for this is an homage to a guy from 1918. He's not going to do that. So can we just say right. most composers are either borrowing things or being inspired by stuff, so maybe it's okay. Right. right. I mean, that's just music in general, though, right? I mean, we've all been in a band and written songs, so like you are constantly trying to like emulate and be inspired by without blatantly ripping off, and we've screwed it up from time to time. I mean, my other favorite YouTube guy is named David Bennett. He actually did a whole video on um, how the Beatles, there's a lot of their famous songs that yeah. are actually technically ripoffs, and people have given them a hard time about it, but they're the Beatles, so people leave them alone. Right. So I think in music, it's not uncommon to borrow things. Right, yeah. But what if I told you no, <laughs> no. that it's not just Star Wars? Hang on, John Williams is just a giant cheater? Not necessarily, but I mean, this kind of sounds like either Home Alone or Harry Potter. So I have a question for you, because I don't know it that well. It is Because Star Wars was a pretty low-budget film, really. True. Although John Williams was famous at the time. That was my question. Yeah, was he, it like a start for him? No, I mean, he had done Jaws, and he had a oh, lot of Jaws, notoriety. Yeah, that's older. So right. them getting, I've heard George Lucas talk about, when they got John Williams, it was like a dream come true for the Star Wars production. Sure. Yeah, Because, yep. I mean, it does make a big difference. Like, you know when you see a movie and you you feel that. Like, you can almost just, like, this is incredible. Like, I can identify with that character. It's John Williams. We could also take another angle at this, guys. And it's this. So we talk about our disappointment and the fact that Star Wars may not be as original and makes us think like, John Williams, come on, man. But credit where credit is due. Gustav Holst, man. Yeah, seriously. Writing some pretty sweet music that inspired a generation, yeah. g- multiple generations of people who enjoy orchestral music. Totally. And really made a huge impact on just the whole science fiction genre. Like People will be influenced by Star Wars' themes for years. To that point... This is not necessarily a Star Wars theme, but this is from the planets. And this sounds like like any hero theme from any movie, even if it's like Pirates of the Caribbean or something like this. So, but this is from the planets. This is like, it sounds like movie hero mm-hmm. music. Yep. So yeah. I think it's kind of cool to even look back and be like, you know what? It's 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 kind of fun to see the origins of some of the inspiration for a lot of the music that we recognize in film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's talk let's talk about Star Wars one more time as we wrap this segment up. 
Um, the music that is currently being composed not by John Williams, because I, I do love John Williams, and this doesn't necessarily tarnish my love for John Williams, but the music from Mandalorian is mm. becoming iconic, yeah. and even the music in Boba Fett is pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, Star Wars has this, like, this soundscape that's tied to it, just based on the universe, that it's, it doesn't lose its luster. Yeah. That it's, was, it's built a whole... It's like music universe. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to watch a full video on this, check out Charles Cornell. It's a really cool video where he kind of unpacks it, even from a like musical standpoint on why he would have done it this way. And he, he kind of gives John Williams a pass as well, but you need to check out the video. It's pretty cool. Again, link down in the description. Nice. We want to thank Sharper Image for sponsoring this podcast. And they are basically the toy store from the future yeah basically i mean and they do other things as well but we've had the opportunity to make a lot of videos for their toys which is really cool yeah we actually recently just finished uh shooting a commercial in the world's largest laser tag arena which i mean is in our hometown it's a little bit of a brag it's It's, no big deal it's just right down the road do you have it no no you don't we do yeah unless you're where we're from Anyway, it's a really cool place. Uh, gigantic Laser Tag Arena was the perfect backdrop for this commercial that we had to make for these really cool laser blasters and packs. And actually, there's one of the coolest things is the little grenade. It's called yeah, yeah. the um, the it, orb, the blast orb. The blast orb. orb. Yeah, yeah, the whole line is this awesome Laser Tag line. They're calling the hand tank Laser Tag, and it is so much fun with this little blast orb though, because rather than what you're used to, just going around pew 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 vests, you know, like ah, fun, fun, fun. The blast orb's a little grenade that you can like roll out or set it as a, a proximity mine. Mm-hmm. We had a ton of fun making those commercials. If you want to check them out, check out our other YouTube channel, Randomonium, where you can watch how we made those commercials. Or if you want to pick them up, they have a few of them out now and more of them coming out this year. So look for Hand Tank Laser Tag by Sharper Image. All right, guys, welcome to the present segment. There's something presently taking place in our solar system that is one of the most momentous occasions in space exploration. Yeah, yeah. James Webb Space Telescope. JWST. That's right. I have never been so excited to watch somebody slowly unfold giant foil for weeks. If you don't know what we're talking about, there is a telescope that is replacing the Hubble telescope, which in like 1990 was launched and gave us a view out into the universe further than we'd ever seen, seeing things that we'd never seen before. And this telescope is going to allow us to see essentially the formation of stars and planets at the furthest distances of our universe. Some of the oldest light in the universe. Like, so from the beginning of time. Like, just, it's, I forget what they said the years. Like, it seems like a lot when you say whatever it is, but in the grand scheme of the universe, barely after the Big Bang. Well, the point is, is that we're going to, we don't even know what we're going to see. That's the most exciting thing about this. And the process has been uh, anxiety inducing for anybody involved in the project. You probably know a little bit about some of the the hurdles that had to be jumped in order to even get this thing up in space. It was like one of the most, I mean, probably, this is probably not an exaggeration, maybe the most elaborate engineering com- complex engineering challenge in human history oh 100 percent. the man. making of this of this uh, telescope it, it's a really weird looking thing if you ever yeah. see a picture of it it looks like this like tr- kind of a diamond shape thing uh-huh. with like uh, it looks like a weird satellite or something but it's it's actually huge like you don't get a scale for it when, it, when it's out in space and stuff right. but it's like the size of a tennis court that's right and it's a 21 foot large mm-hmm. mirror yeah mm-hmm. But it's actually a series of 18 mirrors yeah. that make up a essentially a 21-foot lens, if you will. 
to gather the light. And it's not just light that we know. It's on spectrums that yeah. we can't see, like even infrared light, yeah. which is one of the reasons why they're going to be able to see through different like atmospheric um, right. conditions in order to see mm -hmm. so far out into space. Yeah, so it, it was all compacted into you know the top capsule of a rocket launched into space and that rocket um, put it on a trajectory to get out way out beyond uh, Earth's orbit. It's going like past the moon. That's right. Out and kind of into, not, not into like deep space, but into um, sort of between the planets. That's right. And right. it's what they say, it's, it's in the L2 region, which yeah. means that it's got, it's like perfectly balanced between the sun's gravity yeah. and the Earth's gravity yeah. wow. to keep it stable. Perfectly stable, yeah. But it's not, like the Hubble telescope is orbiting. It's yeah. orbiting Earth. This is not going to be orbiting. Right. It's just hanging out there. Yeah. Well, and still, the, the Hubble telescope is in low Earth orbit, so do, it has, does that have any atmosphere to go through or anything like that? Maybe Probably, ambient maybe light or something? something. Like, yeah, the, I mean, much. I know the, the point of getting it far away was just to get away from everything from Earth that was clogging up our view. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and it's it, it's out there in the middle of space, but it's still... A million know, miles. A million miles. So Jeez. this rocket had to launch it, you know, generally toward that direction. And then they have like little thrusters on it mm -hmm. that can kind of correct it to get it to the perfect spot way out there. And I read recently that the, um, the rocket that sent it out to its spot uh, it's still on its way out there. Yes. Um, we should be clear. It's not yeah. there yet. Um, but it, the rocket sent it so perfectly on the way out there that it didn't have to use nearly as much fuel as they estimated oh, for. Wow. To correct. Nominal, as they say. Yeah. So it's they they estimated that if they would have had a uh, if they would have had to use a lot more fuel to kind of correct the course of it they might get like 10 years use out of this telescope. But because the rocket launch was like so precise uh, on sending it to its spot, they're gonna probably get like 20 years out of it. Yeah. Unbelievable. I was just, that was gonna be my follow-up question. It's like, yeah. what are we gonna do with that extra fuel? Oh yeah, you get but, more years. And the other cool thing about it is like the the unfolding process of these mirrors, which are hex, they're hexagonal. Hexagonal, yeah. Hexagonal? hexagonal. Is it agonal or agonal? I, I always say agonal. Well, let's say hexes. Yeah. They had to unfold exactly right. And if, here's the scariest thing about it. If it if anything went wrong, and this is still the case, if anything does go wrong, like you, it's so far out there, we can't send anybody send anybody out there to fix it. Yeah, yeah they it. said there's like very minimal like repairs or fixes they they can do. Right. Yeah, with the Hubble, like they were able. I mean, even like in the, even in the space shuttle days, when the Hubble had some problems, they could. When there was Hubble trouble, you might say, Hubble Hubble trouble. Trouble, yeah, they uh, yeah. sent to just a, a guy out there to spacewalk and like just you know take some wrenches and stuff and yes. just space wrenches, just tighten tighten the bolts, whatever. Space bolts. Yeah, that's right. Now it, it's it's way out there. You can't. Well, they actually had to replace the entire lens on the oh, Hubble. Yeah. You knew that, right? It yeah. was off by like the size of a human hair, yeah. and everything was blurry. So they had to make a new. I don't know if it's a lens or a mirror, and take it up there and replace it. Wow. And the fascinating thing about that story is that nobody knew. Like they just when they when they sent it up, they're like, "This is what." Space looks like, and then they fixed. Somebody's like, "No, no, 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 that's off. Let's fix it." And they fix it. And they're like, "Holy jeez!" There's a couple other things about it that are going to indefinitely make NASA scientists nervous. One of them being the Hubble telescope has all these like little craters and dimples on it from um, from cosmic dust. That when it hits it, it actually can cause like penetration of yeah. metal and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And they're saying that there's nothing to protect. James Webb from anything like that, and it's probably going to get hit, but they're hoping it doesn't get hit with anything big, which is really improbable. Yeah. And that at the very least, it might make certain parts of the images blurry, but for the most part, they'll still get a crystal clear look. Yeah, it's um, it's it's fascinating to see how it was designed and how it like yeah, like we said, it was all compacted into this rocket. And it has to slowly unfold on its way out there, um, like a series of steps, and 
it has this big sun shield on it because the actual camera part is really sensitive. Right. And the sun side of things is very hot. So like with the sunlight and yeah. even though it's way out in space, um, it's just really hot getting hit with direct sunlight. So it has to have this big sun shield. It's uh, like hundreds yeah. of degrees difference yeah. in temperature between the back of it and the camera side. Right. And well, they're, they're all past all of those like major yeah. hurdles. I mean, there's obviously still problems that could arise but and from what i understand the timing of all this you correct me if i'm wrong here but i think it's supposed to essentially arrive and stabilize um within the next couple months mm -hmm. yeah. and then it's going to take another like three months to just calibrate yeah. the mirrors and everything like that and then by the time they start receiving information in june of 2022 they still will need another month of processing so we should start seeing images if everything goes right yeah. from the james webb telescope by July of 2022. Yeah, that's what oh, yeah. I was saying too, like late summer, yeah. Because yeah. those images are just composites. Like like you said, it has all kinds of light that we can't see. So it just it looks out there and grabs everything. And then somebody has to take that data and be like, okay, we know this stuff is there because the data's here, but how do we show it? And they visualize it. And there's so much work that goes into space photography. It's fascinating. Have we talked about it on the podcast? But Or maybe just like off, off cast. Yeah. But mm -hmm. um, there's the one thing that's like super exciting to me is um, you know the story from the Hubble where like they you know, just would aim it at different like nebulas and galaxies and take pictures of them and stuff and like whoa these are really cool and you get those really cool like like the hand of God picture yeah, and yeah, the Alpha Centauri yeah, yeah. whatever it is where you've got like these gas colorful columns. gases yeah like, yeah but then the one time when they were like you know what let's just aim it at this dark spot in the sky See what you happened? know what this one I don't oh, oh my so gosh. like there's you know astronomers like found this one little you know, the the night sky like every there's billions of stars but there's one little tiny spot where it's maybe the size of like a pencil eraser if you hold it up at the end end of a, an arm it's pretty small yeah i don't know so <laughs> it's some really small little area looked totally black they couldn't see anything um to the naked eye or in any telescopes on land they point the hubble at it and take a picture and it's full of galaxies no kidding. full of galaxies all right you ready that's unbelievable you yeah. ready to have your mind blown jeff i i think i have seen a picture where there's like all these little swirly things i didn't know it was like pointed yeah. at a dark spot a dark part of the sky though yeah it's like hundreds or thousands of them in this one spot. And those are galaxies, which are, you know, multiple star yeah. systems. Full of trillions of stars. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is a low res, but you'll get the idea here. Yeah, that's... That that was, I that, have seen that picture. Every one yeah. of those. That yeah. was It's so high res, too. That was my wallpaper for the longest time. Yep. It's unbelievable. It's awesome. So, Beautiful. And if that's from the Hubble, you know, who knows what could happen with the, with the James Webb. So, yeah. It's pretty cool. What do you what do you guys what do you think what do you think we're gonna see aliens? You think no. we're gonna see aliens? <laughs> I think we're gonna see a guy going oh, <laughs> hiding no. behind the space curtain. We're, we're, yeah. Yeah. we're gonna see God getting out of the shower, <laughs> having weird thoughts. I'm gonna make Earth. Yeah, having shower thoughts. Yeah, God having oh. shower thoughts. He's like, oh, let's make it. Let's make a planet full of little me's. <laughs> it's a security camera. Are yeah, we gonna make him peaceful? No, let's make him not know how to stop the end of the world. <laughs> Speaking of the end of the world, uh, Danny's got the future segment, so we should probably go into the future. Yeah, that'll be the end of the world for sure. <laughs> we kind of feel, it sounds like we're not looking forward to this, John. Yeah, we know it's going to happen. <laughs> All right, let's go into the future. All right, guys, so uh, for the future segment, I want to go back to the past for just a little bit because in 1972, 
uh, a little school called MIT. They're they're pretty good at what they do. Yeah. MIT. They're MIT. Yeah. I don't know what they do there though. Well, it's a Massachusetts Institute, Institute of Technology. Technology. Okay, so just technical stuff, really, like like welding and things. No. 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 Okay. Well, either way, so those guys. <laughs> it's like a welding school, basically. Yeah, Some yeah. welding school in Maryland. <laughs> welding and fixing HVAC units. Massachusetts. Yeah. Okay. Same state, really. <laughs> it's Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, the Massachusetts Indus Institute of Technology in 1972 did a study. Um, and the study was to determine the risks of civilizational collapse, specifically industrial civilizational collapse. And civilizational? That's a word? Civilizational oh, is a word. That's a new word to me. It's yeah. very hard to say. I yeah. had to read it three times where I'm like, is that what they said? I'm typing my notes here. I'm like, all right, I'm going to sound silly. They use it all the time in the future. Yeah, uh, they, they probably use it at that technical school yeah. when they're talking about welding. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> The thing, though, is it was based on empirical data. They were just like, hey, here's all these different ways that we could measure things, and we'll see that if we hit these markers, here's when it could happen. And they based it all on previous societies, what caused different things to so, uh, happen. Are they trying to predict the if it's going to happen or the when it is going to happen? Or the how? If and when, probably. I mean, because, it, it, I mean, th that's the debate. In 1972, it was like this huge heated debate, and... Uh, Everyone was going over it, and the pundits were taking data that was, you know, not related or didn't really understand the methods, and we're getting up there and be like, it's wrong, society is awesome. Pretty familiar to what we kind of experience in today's world. It was the same in 72. All right, here's the thing. The study used a model that indicated impending what they called limits to growth due to the industrial civilizations over-exploiting of planetary resources. We don't mean just natural resources, just anything we can use up here. Sound familiar? Yeah, and, and I guess you kind of have to factor in like world population as well, because exactly. that's going to impact what we're consuming. So there was, there was 10 key variables. They looked at population, fertility rates, mortality rates, industrial output, uh, food production, services, non-renewable resources, persistent pollution, human welfare, and ecological footprint. So they took all of these things and they determined that in, in, in about maybe like 50, 60 years, society was going to collapse. Okay. Okay, um, okay. I'm okay with that because I'll probably be dead by then. No, 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 no. 50 or 60 years from 1972. Yeah, yeah. I'm not okay with that. That's like right about now. That's, 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 that's right just a few years after, after now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so what do they mean by societal collapse? Like what, is that, what does that look like? Uh, civilizational. Civilizational, civilizational collapse. Yeah. To be fair, this doesn't really mean the end of the world. It just means the end of our industrial society as we currently know it. The way it's functioning cannot continue to function. And if that happens, you could have all kinds of things that could happen after that. You have civilizations who actually could start fighting over resources, um, wars uh, over natural or whatever resources. So there's all kinds of ways that could go. But it's not necessarily saying, like, we're all going to die. That, mm -hmm. I want to be clear about that. Okay. It just means our civilization as we know it could theoretically collapse. But, but <laughs> oh, okay. that's the good news. No big deal. Yeah. Just a study in 72. But here's the thing. There was a there was a, a really nice uh, analyst over at a company called KPMG. Now they didn't do the study; she did this all on her own. I just want you to know that this is an audit and tax advisory service. She's smart at looking at numbers and data. Um, she did an independent study on her own to see, hey, how'd we do? Have we been keeping up with what the models said and how it would work? So this is an analyst now. This is an analyst now okay. looking at this past study. Right. Okay. The bad part is, is we've hit every single milestone. Okay. Cool. So uh, it's cool. just a matter of time. It's like 10 years. You just can't do it. There's not enough. We're going to run out. People are going to keep growing. There is literally, there is no model in which things go that way and we just function. We just run out of stuff. People, resources, food, maybe words. I don't know. 
<laughs> we just run out of words. Run out of words. We used them all up. We used them all up. We can't come up with any more. Timely, the podcast you listen to to have hope for the future. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I only talk about this every time I talk about the future. Yeah. So. Which is most of the time. Yeah. All right. So the woman that did this study, she did it post-2020. So we already had kind of seen what's going to happen with a major global catastrophe. Mm -hmm. Supply chain issues. But the cool thing that she noted was we were able to actually turn on a dime, it, like make changes, adapt our lives very quickly to, to overcome a global pandemic. So she's saying it is possible if we learn from it. This is the scary part, though. We have to get society as a whole, meaning the world, to halt growth within the next decade. How do you do that? Growth. Like, you have to tell people, listen, I know we've been moving forward. We have to stop. Well, the other thing that doesn't help with that is that we're making so many medical advancements that people are living longer. Right. So people are still having babies and people aren't dying as young, which I understand really contributes to the ballooning of human population. So, like, yeah, how do you stop growth? That's real fun. Yeah. A lot to look forward to. So. I will say, I mean, I... I have been noticing how we have been getting better, right. even in the midst of this pandemic, because now we're on year two, or we're right. going into year three on the pandemic, that people are chilling out a little bit. And even though there's still resistance to certain like mm -hmm. regulations and mandates, um, we're, we have to do what we have to do right. in order to get by and to like, make sure that we're able to, um, like with restaurants and grocery stores and schools and stuff like that, people recognize that we have to be flexible because right. the world is in sort of a pinch right now. So um, if there was like a massive collapse when everything was going great, say the beginning of 2020, I could see that being a lot harder for us to adapt to. But I mean, we're, we're used to having to be flexible right now. So maybe that's a little something that yeah. is a silver lining of the pandemic. Right, right. yeah. The, the, I mean, I guess ultimately what you want to probably take home from this too isn't so much doom and gloom like, oh yeah, we have to halt this stuff. Remember what she, what the woman who did the study said is, I don't want this to be a, like everybody fear the end of the world, this is going to happen. I want them to think about that. It's great news that we are having this conversation and doing these things now because this is an active conversation. Change is happening. But what this basically does is reaffirm the necessity for that change and to hopefully we can start getting the world together on that. It sounds not much different than the conversations surrounding climate change. Yeah. Well, that is a big factor. You saw yeah. that that was one of the things they yeah. were talking about. But I mean, just the the solidarity, the global solidarity to bring awareness and to like enact changes and some of that other stuff. So, you know, I mean, hopefully... Um, if you've seen the movie Don't Look Up. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and that's a commentary on, I guess, a caricature on what happens if we're just going to be more worried about day-to-day -day instead of the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Hopefully people are getting a, uh, getting better at seeing life through the big picture. Yeah, you have to really think about the future beyond maybe even your own lifetime, which is hard to do. Mm -hmm. It's hard to be like, I could just throw this milk jug in the trash, but I could recycle it. You know, I'm, I don't know exactly if that makes any difference at all, but I'm going to just, you know, sort of just... I feel personally, <laughs> personally attacked. I, 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 yeah. was, I was personally attacking <laughs> you. That's what I was. Jeff's not the best recycler, I'm but not good at it. I'm going to give you credit. You're working on it. Hey. I, I'm working on it. And there are other things tied to the environment that I am aware of. Yeah. Yes. It's just that that's one thing that was not part of my, my habits growing up. So I have a difficult time teaching this old dog new tricks. Yeah, it's fair. That's that's totally fair. I mean, just you know, we only got like ten years, so get it together, man. 
<laughs> Wait a minute, it's all on me? Seriously. Okay. <laughs> What's the deal, Jeff? All right. This just went from a, a very understanding, compassionate uh, posture to the world will end depending on whether or not I recycle a milk jug. Yep, all you. <laughs> I would also like to point out that at the beginning of this episode and every episode, we say random fun topics. That's a good point. From the past, present, future, not whatever this was. I find topics about the end of the world fun. You didn't say who thinks yeah, they're fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we went from shower thoughts to you were all going to die. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to have small talk. I want to have deep conversation, fools. That's a different podcast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> If we convince one person to recycle one thing based on listening to this, hey, that's better than nothing. Sure. Yeah. And watch Don't Look Up. I don't know. Yeah. I still haven't seen it yet. I need to see it. Yeah. But connect to like solar power before you watch it. Just to, you know, don't <laughs> drain any resources from the grid or whatever. Yeah, just, just make sure you're making your own resources. That's right. <laughs> and this is, I was going to say this has been fun, but, you know. Uh, hey, I had fun. It, it's, it's been fun. It's been a ride. It has been a ride. It's been a, ride. <laughs> a lot of variety. Yep. You wouldn't know about the good times if you didn't have the bad times. And we're not going to be taking quite as long of a break. No. We're, we're going to be back soon. So we don't know in the future because maybe everything will break down. That's right. Yeah, yeah as long as we do it within the next 10 years, we're good. <laughs> if society doesn't collapse, we will be returning yep. on this podcast. Yep. Promise. If society promise. collapses, can we keep podcasting, guys? Sure. Gather people around us. Even if there's no podcast network, I just want to like sit outside and talk in front of people. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sure. Sounds good. All right. We'll see you next time. Later. Later.